Good morning, everybody. Hope everyone's doing fantastic today. This wonderful Wednesday morning. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things this morning. Well, one thing specifically this morning. This is Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training, and this is the Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff show. And I do the show Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Usually do single topic shows. And I do some Q&A. And I usually go on about, uh, you know, one thing that's on my mind. Uh, tonight, we've got the What Would Jeff Do show, which is our real Q&A show with Joel and myself. She'll be live streaming coming in from Rhode Island. I'll have her do that. Uh, you know, I did a consult with somebody yesterday. And, and uh, you know, one of the things they mentioned, I do, do a lot of consults with a lot of people. There's a lot of people out there that that have got, um, you know, imposter syndrome, self-worth issues, almost, you know, a, a lot of people, like almost everybody that I talk to has a little bit of that. That's why the human coaching part is just so important for fellow trainers out there and to help empower fellow trainers out there. Because there are other trainers out there that are really trying to just bash. They do, not trying to. They bash other trainers. They try to keep them down. They try to keep them unsuccessful. They don't... Um, uh, guide them, lead them um, into a better place, which I think is not the best strategy to continue um, this industry going forward in a successful way. And one thing that this person mentioned about their quote unquote mentor um, is, and I've heard this numerous times before, numerous times before. And it's a really dangerous thing to say. It's very demeaning. It's very disempowering. Um, but there are trainers out there that will say, if the dog won't listen without tools, then it's not trained. And then if the dog goes to the owner and the owner can't work the dog without tools it's not trained so that means you as a trainer didn't do your job and that is one of the many stupid comments that comes out of the dog training world I can just talk about what we do Dogs have tools on for the just-in-case, but most dogs, by the time they leave here, don't, you're not activating any tools. But who cares if you are? Unless you're doing prompt for everything. If the only way the dog will listen is if you use the tool by the time they go home then I would say, well, the dog should listen to your voice. But dogs are dogs. There's always going to be non-compliance. I mean, some of the best dog, well-trained dogs in, 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 in the country, in the world, are on tools. And I'm not talking about a choreographed routine. I'm talking about everyday life. It's no different than always having to 
give your dog a reward for doing something right once they're trained. Well, how about that? If you have to give your dog a reward for every time it does something, and there's people that are out there, they're like, well, dogs don't work for free. And I'm like, really? So when I tell my dog down, like right now, my dogs are lying down on the floor, but they do that by default now. But if they didn't, and I told them down, then I have to reward them. I've got to actually get up and reward them. And what do you mean they don't work for free? They get to live in the house. They get they get food. They get shelter. They get companionship. We're going to go swimming later. So what do I have to do? Play with my dog every time it does a command? Give my dog a reward every time it does a command? I don't even have to tell my dog good for lying down. To tra they're trained. So it goes both ways. It goes both ways. You know, all dog training should be fun. Okay, but that's like, no, or once they're fully trained, dog training should just, the dog should just listen to you. Is that such a hard concept? The dog should just, the dog should just listen to you. Or you end up with these entitled dogs and we end up with these entitled children as well. Oh, what do I get for cleaning my room? You get nothing for cleaning your room. That's part of life. Clean your room. Ooh, I put my seatbelt on. What do I get? A chance of not dying if we get into a car accident. What do you, what do you want? A gold fucking star for putting your seatbelt on? Oh, you put your dish in the sink. You put your, you wash your morning dishes. Ooh. What do you want? Like Angelo is starting to make his own, like he's always made his own breakfast, but now he's cooking. He's, he's cooking now. And you know what his reward is? The satisfaction he gets from doing something. He, it's self-rewarding. He's proud of himself. He is proud of himself. And then to say, if a dog owner needs tools, that you as a trainer failed. That has got, that has got to be the biggest crock of shit in the world. I'd love to see whoever quotes these things. I'd love to see... First of all, you don't know much about dogs, as far as I'm concerned. You don't know much about association. And you don't know much about toxic relationship between dog and owner. You don't know much. You don't know how powerful the association is that a dog will behave a certain way around its owner, which will be different than the trainer. It's all ego statements. So if you are a young trainer and you are learning, and if a trainer says this to you, run. They actually don't want to help you. They just want to have a dick swinging contest. That's all it is. 
It's all egotistical bullshit. You have an obligation to the owner to get them the best results possible and however that is. And if they need the help of tools, if they need the help of a crate, if they need the help of a phone call to give them a pep talk, if they need the help of continuing education and brush-ups and troubleshooting, well, then you give it to them. But these gatekeepers of all these rules, it's incredible. And it's all based on shaming and disempowering trainers and owners. And that's not how you be a proper mentor at all. That's not proper mentorship. And what it does is it makes young trainers and also especially owners. Could you imagine telling an owner, nope, you're not allowed to use any of these tools. The dog should just listen to you. Well, eventually, sure. But when they first come back or when they're first starting on their training journey. No. It's just not going to happen. It takes time to rebuild a new relationship with a dog from an owner's perspective. And when you get some of these dogs that are, if we compare it to a human on the spectrum, and there's a lot of them out there that are not wired right, you need all the help you can get. I don't like, do these trainers not deal with difficult dogs that don't care about the training unless you have additional help of like a tool? I, you know, it's so funny because I remember a long time ago, long time ago, I've been doing this for 20 years. So this probably goes back 15 plus years. I was at a conference and they were giving out awards and in this particular city. And it was the best search and rescue or service dog. I forgot. You know what I mean? They won an award for that. And they lined up all the people. They lined up all the dogs. And they put the dogs in the sit for the... Um, for the uh, picture. And this trainer had to keep giving their dog food to stay in the sit. And I'm like, wow, your dog can't just sit for the sake of sitting because you told it to sit. You have to constantly feed it food to keep it in a sit. Now, I think that's sad. Now, after the picture, Sure, you could have given it a reward, but to keep it in the sit, and this is supposed to be a trained dog, and you have to constantly give it food? No. 
But there's a difference between that and rewarding it after the fact. Same with any other tool. If you're constantly using it, constantly, like every command, every couple minutes, well, no, then you probably haven't done your job. But if you're using it as a what if scenario, what's wrong with that? And also tools help empower owners. Because when you get these challenging dogs, these harder dogs, these dogs that are not wired right, the use of tools and proper leadership that you'll be training the owner can override that. But without those tools, the owner is going to really struggle. So if you really want to see owners be successful, then you'll give them whatever they need. So for folks that are hearing that, I want you to know that the person saying it does not have your best interest in mind and they only care about their ego. Just keep that in mind. incredible. Brittany, good morning. Good morning to you, Brittany. How are you? Deb, good morning. Beautiful morning, Jeff. It is a beautiful morning down here in Florida, especially. Avi says, good morning. Constance, good morning. Snugglebuns, good morning, everyone. Mandy, that's funny. Under that, no tool belief. They would never need a collar either. Right. You know how many, and you know how many dog trainers that I know who are really good, whose personal dogs were e-collars every day? Do you know how many dog trainers that I know that are well-respected in the industry whose dogs have e-collars on every day? Now, I don't have a problem with that at all. I'm just saying. So you're pretty much insulting a huge member of the population. And not only that, you know who you're really insulting? Why don't you go say that to a field trial and sport dog in the retrieving category, in the hunt dog category. Almost every one of those dogs has an e-collar on. Almost every one of those dogs has an e-collar on. Dogs that do hunting have e-collars on. Almost every single one of them. And you're trying to tell me those dogs aren't trained? Those dogs are incredibly well-trained. I mean, e-collar and hunt dog is almost synonymous. Denise, good morning, Jeff. Good morning to you, Avi. What color is the sky and the planet these people come from? It's fantasy land. Of course it's fantasy land, but it's just their ego, actually. It's just their ego. Kim says, believe it or not, my dog structure through the use of tools while in the beginning of training and even now has helped him and me tremendously dealing with his medical issues was highly reactive, which was detrimental to his neurological issues. Thank you for giving me the tools, Jeff, to help my dog help me. You're welcome. Mandy, 
they don't need a collar. They should be able to tell us their name so we never have to use ID tags, right? LOL, the worst of these rude shaming trainers are the positive-only group. So, Mandy, I actually, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on that last statement. Trainers that use e-cowers and prong cowers are definitely overriding positive-only people as far as their rudeness, shaming, assholery. I'm seeing more assholes come out of e-cower people than positive people. And I'm, and I get it. And I, I get, I'm, I'm the one that's, you know, I'm sure you see it too, but I see it a lot. Some of the biggest, first of all, this whole industry is just filled with assholes. It's incredible. The unprofessional, the unprofessional ethical standard is in the gutter of most dog trainers. Some of those unprofessional people I've ever seen in my life. It is incredible. It is incredible. The most gossiping, backstabbing, hateful, rumor mongering, attacking. It's beyond incredible. It's beyond incredible. I can't tell you how many trainers who use tools like me who are constantly attacking me. Constantly. They're making videos naming me, trying to shame me, attacking me, making up lies about me. It is incredible. I'm like, wow. How unprofessional of you. How unprofessional of you. It is incredible. It's based all on no emotional maturity. Your, your emotional IQ is like very low. Your unprofessionalism is very low. And you're not a nice person. Haley says, good morning. Good morning, Haley. How are you today? Sid says, good morning, y'all. JW here, be a little bit late. Most pig hunting dogs use e-cowers, also GPS trackers. Yes. A buddy of mine um, in Australia is a pig hunter. And... All his dogs have e-cowers on and GPS trackers that go up to eight miles. Yep. Slave for death for a lot of these dogs. It's so unethical to be spewing that nonsense. Morning, which, cor which course is best for aggressive dogs? Um, there's not a specific aggressive dog course because there's too many nuances in it. Your best bet is getting the green to graduate course for your good baseline obedience and then doing a consult. So if you have an aggressive dog, you need one-on-one -on -one coaching. You need my help. So what I would suggest you do is if you get green to graduate, if you go to solid canine academy, Solid Canine Academy, 
buy green to graduate. When you're buying it, if you scroll down, there's a bump to one-on-one consult and it's, ha it's half price, almost half price with me. But, and then having your dog out with good baseline obedience, which doesn't stop aggression, but you should also have a trained dog because you're gonna be able to leverage that to help you with your aggression. But with aggression, you need to learn how to stop it and stop it cold. So we don't have a specific course on that because there's too many variables. Margo says, my friend does Mondio with her uh, Malinois and gave me a demo yesterday. It was amazing. And, and she tells, yeah, Mondio is pretty cool. Chris Craig says, good morning, everyone. Jeff, appreciate all you do. My pleasure. Bobby says, attacking without the full picture. Most of the attacks take things out of context, sick and weak. Yeah, it is. They're very weak. There's a lot of, a lot of very weak, um, very weak. Denise says, I'm 70 and trained dogs for many years with only choke collar, no treats, very successful, loads of time and patience. Right. Well, that's great. That's you. That's you. Right. And then you found the e collar and was life changing. Exactly. But like I'm I'm successful dog trainer with just a slip lead. I can train dogs with just a slip lead. But an e-collar is a game changer. So I can fully train a dog with a slip lead. But why would I when an e-collar is available? So you probably did, Denise, you probably did more of the Keeler method of dog training, KMODT, correct? because it's a great way to train dogs. Compulsion is great. The problem is now most dogs can't handle that type of training. They crumble because of the weak, the weakness, the weakness. And then owners don't have the skill set, Denise, that you do, as I'm sure you know. So it's one thing, see, that's another thing is we have an obligation to the owners for the owners to be successful. And then, you know, Darrow says, e-cowers make training much faster and easier. Right, but supposedly faster and easier is bad. There's a huge segment of the population out there who feels faster and easier is bad. So if we take our dog that was trained faster and easier and someone that used time and patience and we put them side by side and they look similar, why does it matter? Why does it matter? Wouldn't we want to do it faster and easier so we can help the client and help the dog in the most efficient way? You, uh, Denise, the owners were harder to train than the dogs. Of course they are. Of course. The owners aren't. The owners don't have the skill set. The owners have another life. But that's also the, the, 
The job is training the owners, which is what I think a lot of dog trainers lose sight of. Your job is actually to have the owners be successful. It's one thing to train a dog. It's another thing to train an owner. Jimmy C. Cowler is also kinder to the dog than the choking. Of course, you're choking the dog. You're, you're literally choking a dog. You know that. I mean, a choke, a choke chain is a noose. It's funny how people are like okay with the choke chain, but not okay with the prong collar. And I'm like, just because the prong collar looks barbaric, it's actually gentler than a choke chain. Choke chains actually choke dogs. I mean, they actually choke the dog. Del Rose says, I tell owners quicker is much less stressful for your wonderful dog. And they usually come around that e collar is good for training. Yeah. I mean, all these dogs that are taking so long to train are under stress. If it's a, I mean, if they struggle with stress, wouldn't you want to eliminate stress as soon as possible? Like, wouldn't you want to eliminate stress as soon as possible from a dog? I mean, that's the gentlest, kindest thing to do. So, And you as a trainer, if you're, if you're one of those people saying that the dog is not trained if it has to go home with tools and the owner is not trained, you didn't do a good job, you can come on my show. I'd love to, I'd lo I, would love to I would love to hear anybody's – I would love to have anybody on my show that has an opposing view of me. I'd like to talk to you. If you are capable of having a civilized conversation, if you are capable of having a civilized conversation, I'd love, I'd love to talk to you. If you're capable of it, I say capable of it because most dog trainers are not capable of actually having conversations. They're actually not capable of having conversations. Denise, if you want to come on my show, you've been training, you're 70, you've been training for a while and you just chained down the, trained on the choke collar, no food, and now you're finding that the e-cower is better, you can come on this show and even though we, you don't have opposing views, it sounds like, but tell me what it was like training just on a choke and then tell me why now the e-cower has made it better. And not because we both agree that e-cowers are better, but I'd like to know. For the first three years of my career, I didn't use an e-cower. I just use compulsion. And the e-collar was fantastic. I found it more efficient, gentler on the dog. All right. That's what I got for you all today. Don't forget, go to Solid Canine Academy. 
Solid Canine Academy. Our Chaos to Control course is still on pre-sale. It's a live five-day leash reactive course that starts September 5th, live and unedited. Live and unedited. Denise says, uh, Denise says training since I was 18. Wow. I'd love to have you on the show then. I'd love to hear your experience about training. And then you discovered a knee cower and it made it better. And if you've been training since you were 18 and you're 70 now, you probably have some skills. So even you as a skillful dog trainer found the e-cower helpful. How many of these untrained dogs are simply not exposed to various things? Oh, a lot of them. A lot of them, Andy. I mean, getting your dog proper exposure, but it's a catch-22. A lot of owners have such out-of-control dogs they can't expose their dogs to things because the dog's out of control. So it's, it's a catch 22. That's why you got to have to stop the unwanted behavior first, and then you can start training the dog. Bobby says, amen. Denise Darrow says, you all have a great day. Everybody have a fantastic day. Hope everybody's doing great today. If you're not on my Rumble channel, please sign up for Rumble. It's rumble.com slash C slash Solid Canine Training. If you haven't gotten our free walking course, if you go to Instagram, there's a link right in the, uh, if you go in our Instagram and you direct message us, Better Walks, Better Walks, all one word, B-E-T-T-E-R-W-A-L-K-S, Messages better walks will send you a free course. Just type in in our Instagram better walks. Type that into Instagram. All right. Hope everyone has a fantastic day. It's sunny out. I got to run up to Tampa to pick up some bone for the dogs today. Ran out of bone. I wish there was more mark Asian markets down here in Bradenton that carried bone. So I got to go up there. All right, everybody. Take care. Madly in love with you. I care about you all so much. Bye-bye.